Well, hello. I'm Amelia Myers. I'm Jason Rosenwald. And, and this, this is Married to Hollywood. Hollywood. Where we break down the good, the bad, and the ugly. About being married to each other. And the industry. Hello. How are you today? Hello. I am good. How are you? Does that sound like <laughs> Lila asking Olaf? Good morning. How are you today? How are you? I am wonderful today. Thank you. How are you doing? Wonderful. I love hearing wonderful. I'm doing pretty well. What's up? I'm very caffeinated. Well, for you, for you, that's a good thing. Yeah. Well, for that's, me, that's a bad thing. But for well, you, that's a very good thing. That's how I can survive. Um, <laughs> it's been a, uh, February has been off to a very productive start. Happy first week of February to everyone happy out there. Happy February, um, everybody. Happy uh, Black History Month. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we can discuss another time about why, how a country that is built on the backs of black labor, somehow we managed to give black people the shortest month to discuss and celebrate their history. You know, you mentioned that a couple years ago. But I remember can... you being like, why did they get the short month? Oh, it's because we're a racist country. No, I, we, ha- we had like a whole thing about <laughs> it when making dinner a few years ago. Um, yeah, it's because it's we're built on white supremacy. But oh. we can we can talk about that another day. All right, um, all right. But it's been productive. Yeah, what's been what's productive, going on? Uh, we're going to, um, I went on the market this past weekend with a new listing Woo-hoo. that we're going to be ratifying later today, which is why we're going to be rushing through. This is, this is the condo? <laughs> this, uh, yeah. This is so this exciting. This is why we're going to be rushing through. So, so It'll be a shorter one. We have a lot to cover, but it will be a, a yeah. shorter episode. So overall, my volume volume so far for the year is just over a million, which puts me on pace to hit my first quarter, which will put me on pace to hit my year. But now the real grinding starts. So right. um, it's interesting. That's wonderful, though. Just have to say. Well, no, it's interesting. Wonderful. It's interesting. And I've been dealing with this in therapy is I've just realized that the amount of work that I was willing to do at my day job in L.A. Um, wasn't enough. And therefore, the amount of work that I was willing to grind as an actor wasn't enough. And now mm. I'm realizing as I'm grinding through all of this work in real estate, that it's like, okay, cool. So that same level of hustle, I need to really have that. So it's it's trying to now juggle as many balls as possible, figure out how to do things. Um, it's going to be complicated with your new schedule. Yes, which but, we'll talk about in just um, a moment. That we'll manage, we'll make do, we'll figure yeah, it out. We yeah. might end up having a few more late nights here or there. And that's fine. Uh, it's just a matter of making sure that we don't burn ourselves out. Um, right. And then, um, so that's all happening. What else? What else? Oh, and um, uh, an interesting little thing. I don't know if I touched upon this last week, but um, in my acting class, um, we've been really narrowing in on my branding. So uh, ah. I've been doing um, monologues or scenes from characters that really are my niche and so um we discussed this last night in class so that no matter what i get whether i book something or i have an audition i know what colors i paint the best with so i don't try to do what somebody else wants i do what i do well yes i only do what i do well that is like the main thing too breaking in and figuring out yeah and it's just and it's just making sure that i understand my palette of color and i paint with that palette and i don't try it's like somebody says they want green it's like i'm sorry i paint blue if that's fine, I paint with blue or I paint with purple. Those are my colors. If you don't need that, that's fine. I'm not offended. Go find somebody that paints with that. Exactly. That's kind of the main thing of you're not going to be able to please everyone. Not everyone's going to love your work. But when you figure out what your thing is yeah. and you own it, that's how you really break into that next level. Mm-hmm. Honey, that's amazing. Yeah. I know we were talking about Oscar Isaacs a little bit last week um, because we realized that was such a great... Visual type, definitely. Visual type. Well, not just visual type. The... Uh, the script you were working on last week. Yeah, Ex Machina. Uh, yeah, which we, we had touched upon is so good for you. But the monologue you were working on last night, um, 
the always be closing. Yeah, very, yeah, very from famous. Glengarry, Glen yeah. Ross. Again, that is so your type yeah. and again, brand and type, those are always, I don't want to say they're swear words, but they're like annoying eye roll words sometimes industry-wise, but it's also so important to know it and own it at the same time. And, and to give a shout out to somebody who does it extraordinarily well, um, I mean, I don't know that we talk about him a lot, but we, I guess, could, is that Noah Barron, our, our friend Noah, <laughs> you're laughing at me. That just made, that made me smile. No, no he, he knows he, his brand and owns it. To and a has, T. And has, it's, it's uh, aspirational. It's how he's, he's built stuff. Did you see the picture of him with the mustache? Yeah, no, I saw it weeks ago. That cracked yeah. me up. Hi, no, we're just talking about Noah now. That cracked yeah. me up. Someone was like, yep, you look like an uncle that you want to... <laughs> yeah, he looks, he looks like Lester the Molester. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting look for him, but it works. But no, he knows his colors, he knows his angle, he knows yeah. his he, he knows, knows his, his comedic yeah. timing, he knows... He owns his brand. He Chris Chris White is the same. Um, it's true. Maria Maria Brees is the same. Maria's really gotten there too. And, she has, and, yeah. You know, it's really nice to see our friends and then like, you know, on a, another level like Clayton and Richard and like people who have exploded that we've known from years past, like yeah. they really know their niche and as a result of knowing their niche, they can completely fill that void. So whenever somebody says they need an X, they try to either hire that person. Right. Or a version of that person, right. which then will allow them to expand beyond their niche. So what we're talking about niche-wise is the kind of thing where actors want to do the gritty roles and really have something I mean, to, to sink their is the same way into. Too. Oh, he has his brand. To nail. He said that he for years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, you... People go, oh, but then I'm going to get typed and then I'm going to get stuck, which can happen. We have many friends who have that has happened to as well, but at least they're working. But it's the kind of thing where in this industry, you have to know what your strengths are and what you can play to in order to break in. And then you have to prove yourself in order to then do what you actually want to do. It's the same thing in the music industry. It's the same in most industries. You kind of have to prove yourself before you can go to that next tier. But in order to get in, especially in the entertainment world, you have to know your brand and your niche and you got to sell it. I always used to say to my old, um, my former clients, you have to be the CEO of your own small business. It's not just, hey, I'm an actor. Hey, I can smile in front of a camera and memorize lines. There is so much more to it from the business side. So I think that's amazing well, that you're the, honing the goal, in the goal on what is that is for you. As, as lovely as it would be to be famous, uh, there's a there's a gap between um, being typecast and getting to do other work. And that's called being a working actor. Right. And the goal is to being a working, a working actor, actor and a working entertainer. Yep. And I think um, for, and the industry makes a killing off of using up the people that try to bridge the gap between the two mm. and don't realize that, you know, it's perfectly fine to pay your bills, pay your rent, eat, have a family and be typecast the rest of your life. It's absolutely fine to be flow. <laughs> it's absolutely fine to be the Allstate guy. Now it's okay if you also then want more from your creative absolutely. artistic life. No, and, and I'm not I'm not discouraging that in any way. But what I'm uh, all I'm saying is from a business perspective. But from a business perspective, yeah. yes. And the agents get their ten percent, and the managers get their fifteen percent, and everybody is happy because you're yeah. constantly working, yeah. and then they'll work harder for you. And you know, it's a big, it's a round. And then you have you have round an, and round. It's a it's a round circle. <laughs> you a circle. did you almost say round? It's oh, a round, round circle. Round and round. No, I almost said cycle, but then I went to round and round. Oh, instead. okay, cool. Round and round. So, talk about this last week for you. This week has been. Uh, a very intense creative. It's only going to get more intense. I know. I started training with Synetic 
theater on Monday. And doing that from home is, it's a bit of a challenge, you know, when you're not in a dance studio and you're not in front of a mirror. Um, so much of their stuff is certain isolations and I'm very good at some isolations and others seem a little foreign because of the way they use with miming and pantomime and, and all these different things. And so not having the mirror can be a little tricky when you're trying to do certain things, but it feels so good to be moving and to be with this group of artists who are so excited because it's tier two for them. But this other guy and I we're kind of jumping in at tier two. So he and I are playing catch up a little bit, but we're also then able to excel in other ways. And it's it's this group of, it's like between nine and 15 people and they Depending hop in when the they can, yeah. Um, and because of what happened with last session, I am attending every session every session, just to be like, hi, I'm serious, I'm, I'm here, committed. I'm committed. That's good. So I'm, and, and yesterday was basically the same group from Monday, but it's it's intense and it was really entertaining to feel those little muscles that you don't think about as a dancer when you haven't used them, like little teeny ones between your ribs and the little itty bitty ones in your neck. Your and intercostals? The little, yes. And you're just, you're kind of, you feel it, but it feels good. So it, it feels good to be moving and be being working towards something and connecting with my body good. in a way that I'm I glad. haven't in a long time. Um, in the middle really? of... Since you were like a kid? A teen, but yeah. I mean, honey, we're in our 30s. Well, being a teenager is a... Early 20s. Early 20s was the last time I was really I'd still like refer to most early 20-year-olds as children. Um, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, no I, I haven't, I haven't danced this intensely since, since early 20s. I mean, every now and then I would book something that required me to dance. But this level of stripped-down basics again, my calves were on fire by like the third minute in with these releve stretches. I was like, whoa, right, that. Uh, but it felt really good. And then I was working on a script... Over the weekend, or was that on Friday? I was I was working on something for class, and all of a sudden, I am not a poet. Let me say that I do not write poetry. That was my grandmother's department. Um, You're a songwriter, though. But I'm a songwriter and a lyricist, yeah. and so that that does kind of you know go together. But I don't write poetry. I've never been one to be like I'm going to write a poem. And these words started coming into my head, and I just opened up my computer and I wrote a poem. Um, I haven't really shared it. I mean, I read it to you. But it felt really good just to kind of have feel that buzz. It's hard to describe, so kind of gearing into to songwriting, there are two main ways of songwriting when it comes to lyrics. You can either go, I have a deadline, and by next Friday, I have to have four songs written. And that is the one that does not work for me, because you <laughs> sit there and bang your head against the wall. Or at two o'clock in the morning, you wake up because, oh my God, I have to go to the piano and you have to get this melody down that was in your head and these words flow out. And that's the way can I, I songwrite. Can I give you a pushback? You can. There is life between those two. No, no, there is. There is. <laughs> but that's, that's typically the way, the way I work is I'll be working on a song or be playing something and all of a sudden the words, it's like a, it's hard to describe it. It's kind of like a, a tingly buzz that kind of shoots up and out when it's like, here come the lyrics, here come the words. Um, and that's what happened with... Get the bucket. I'm going to vomit. Yeah. And that's what happened with this poem, randomly. And I was actually very proud of it. You should um, be. Got a little existential, and it got a little... Um, it was It was kind of... Oh, I read it to you. What did you think? I was... <laughs> I know you really well. So it was one of those things where, as your partner, it is... I don't know how to phrase this. It, it's um, <laughs> it's nice to see you connect to yourself, 
because I think you put a, such a distance sometimes between how you actually feel and what you think you're supposed to show of your feelings. This poem was very much the truth of how things have been feeling. Yes. And, and I think that much like your deadline versus organically writing on a whim, there is a balance between doing what I do, which is constantly vomiting up emotion, <laughs> and doing what you do, which is putting up a veneer and a shield until you're ready. And then I let it share. out. Yeah. And then you go back into your closet and you yeah. close the door and you lock it. and you. I don't go that tight. That that made it sound like I close it and I cement brick it. <laughs> you, you, I don't go that mm. intense. I don't go that there's intense a, when I, mean, I close okay, it Okay, you're up. right. There, there's there is there's a, an in-between to those two yet again. There's a small window that is slatted that sometimes you open, but most times you a keep shut. A single beam of light that, that comes. That can come through. Like, but, like la luz. Mm, um, but, but no, it was, it, it felt good. It felt really good to good, I'm glad. be writing. And then working um, in class as well is, Okay, I've never loved acting class. This is no secret. You thrive in it. I find it... I'm not going to get into the whole thing. I've never liked acting class. Um, but it's it's really nice to be working the with Sam. The irony of that is, is that we like became friends, really, because of an acting class. But anyway, keep on going. <laughs> uh, well, I, I gave it many, many chances in L.A., and I tried many, many studios, and I was like, nope, this is not for me. Um... If I ever fully went back to a studio, though, and I've said many times it would be Chilardi, but I've just never been a, an, an acting class person. But it's really nice to be stretching the audition skills and getting back into the grit of digging into a character mm -hmm. with Sam, just because when you don't go to class, you kind of shy away from that and just approach the auditions the way you know how to, which is, which is great and fine and all, but it's nice to kind of dig into that little bit of a deeper... Good, I'm glad. A deeper level, which is which is good. Well, to kind of like dovetail back to what we were talking about a little bit ago, I think that one of the things that's really good about acting class, even for audition technique, is really realizing um, the great variety that you as an individual can bring within your box. Oh, yeah. But, but, it, but I think one of the things that happens is we get so, um, like, cool – this is this type. This is how I do that. And then we stop taking risks in that. And you stop truly feeling. Because you need to feel what you're doing. Mm. Also, and I know we've said it in the past on another episode a long time ago, but acting and auditioning are two completely different skill sets. They are not Related. True. So it's the kind uh, of... Oh, no, they're related. They're related. But they're very, very, very different. You can be the greatest actor in the universe. And if you're not a strong auditioner, you're never going to get seen. I, you're never going to get cast. On the same token, and we see this happen all the time, especially in the mid-tier for co-stars and guest stars, you can be a dynamite auditioner and book something and not be the greatest actor, but you got the job. So it's and, and really that interesting. That only lasts for how, a short period no, no, of time. But, but that's not to put down because that's not what I'm doing but the co-star actor or the there are a lot of them who are brilliant actors who also, never get to break out and then there are those who management. are technically sound auditioners and therefore they're booking a ton so it really just depends on where you are in your career level and the spectrum of well, auditioner versus actor I really also is. think that that speaks to the team that you've put around you is that um, they're cashing checks as opposed to being concerned with you as an yeah, artist no, for sure. and there's there in and of itself is, are you going to class and are you really stretching your muscles? Because you'll know, my opinion, if you're really an artist, not just a, a technical auditioner, if you're really an artist, you'll know, hey, I keep on doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. 
and it keeps on feeling less and less. Yeah. And so when you show up on set and you're like, um, it's just, okay, it's to go something that's a long time ago, which feels like 15 years ago now. My one little line on Jane the Virgin. Best co-star. Ever. Ever. Um, that <laughs> continues to pay me <laughs> far too much money for, for such a little line. It was great. Um, it was a pivotal line, babe. It, it was a it, pivotal it, plot it line. Turned, it turned out to be. But I think yes. the, th- the thing that was really, I, in the audition, I felt it on set. I felt it. Right. You have to feel it. That's the point. But I never got an opportunity really again to work even at that level yeah. on TV shows like that, for whatever reason, uh, mostly on my end, it's probably just a matter of packaging, marketing, and continuing to build my team around me. But that the irony of that is, is that the lesson I've learned from that this many years later is the story that I built and everything that I built for that Still one little... Letter? Thank you. You're welcome. I, derailing me was very helpful. Thanks. Um, Sorry. <laughs> Um. Wow. Cool. Awesome. And my mind is now blank. Oh, I apologize. Thank you. You're, no. Now can, not, can you can you talk about something I, now? That's not what can, I intended yeah. to do. I apologize. Well, I thought you were brilliant in Jane the Virgin. That's not what I needed. But thanks. <laughs> but no. But it's it's true how little things can just change change everything. Um, we got snow. This weekend, big time snow, and Lila was adorable, and we had to go. We ma- we built a snowman. It is hard when you've become an adult to build a snowman yes, when you haven't done it, it in is. a long time. But we we built a snowman, and she had this little carrot, and she was very excited. She went, "I got the carrot." Yeah. By the way, how did we ever put carrots into snowman's heads when we were kids? I don't. Did we just use small carrots? It must have been a smaller carrot. Yeah, but because we were trying to build Olaf, it had to be. It a had big to be carrot, a big carrot because it was Olaf. Meant that that snowman would have had to be like six feet tall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no, but it was it was fun, and I just love seeing her get excited about the snow. And Brady was loving the snow too. He hates the rain, but he loves. <sighs> Yesterday it was really cute because he went out and started barking at some deer. And every time he'd bark, it was a full body bark. So he'd like kind of jump and hop a little bit. So there'd be, every time he'd bark, there'd be a little tuft of, of, uh, not smokes, but snow that would pop up into the air. (laughs) (laughs) That's adorable. That's really cute. That's adorable. The Golden Globe nominations came out this morning. Oh, really? And I wanted to touch upon, touch upon those today. Now we are clearly. (laughs) Totally did not vote in the SAG nominations. No, you didn't. No, (gasps) because here's the thing. I'm really upset with my union, so I'm very indifferent. It's okay. I don't fair. care. <laughs> when when I was on the SAG nominating committee a few years ago, I mean, it's true. I I, t- I took it seriously, very seriously. Yeah, I watched I, like you know as be, much as I could. Yeah, our unions really failed us, so I'll take them seriously when they start taking their membership seriously. Do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So the pandemic happened, and SAG, as opposed to making sure that they that small productions and productions could continue through the pandemic safely in order to um, make things safe. SAG has like one person answering phones in their office about how to uh, abide by union protocols. And then all of a sudden they'll shut down a production, um, smaller productions. Mm. So like uh, the music video that happened this past August, they found out week of that it was going to cost 35,000 more dollars. Oh, that one we were supposed to fly back out and yeah. do. Wow. They found out in order to be in order to be SAG compliant, it would cost thirty five thousand more dollars uh, two days before production started. 
Whoa. So you, if you extrapolate that out to large productions or even feature films on independent budgets, you're talking about an untenable volume of money. And so you're seeing a lot of productions move non-union, which does what for their union actors? That's it takes, true. It takes food. A lot of non-union. And the thing is, is if you just look at it from a monetary standpoint, sure, of course, you don't want to risk somebody's life and put them in a position where they could get sick, God forbid, or die with terrible things. But you're also taking food out of their mouth by not really, really collectively bargaining for your actors. You're, you're taking money away from your coffers, which long term, if you're thinking about yourself monetarily and solely monetarily, you want to make sure that your union actors have enough money to pay their union dues and are making enough money so that they're not paying the base dues, but they're paying a higher percentage. Right. And so when you continue to allow union commercials to go non-union, union films and TV shows that, are, uh, that would be on YouTube or uh, other streaming media platforms to move to non-union. What are you really doing? Are you helping your actors during a global pandemic? No. Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon Prime, some of those productions have gone non-union over this? If you shoot something non-union, you can sell it. Oh, that's true. And then if and then if you get picked up for another if you get picked up for a deal, okay, cool. Then we can the next time we shoot, we'll shoot union because now we have more money. Wow. And that's yeah. That's and I know that what they did with the health insurance. I mean, people, Jason Kennedy casting. A quick shout out to you guys. <laughs> uh, with all of that, there are thousands of actors who are about to lose their health insurance because of the pandemic and the union doing yep. exactly what you're what you were saying. Um, as well as the way they've restructured, which I know we had a whole thing a few months ago over it. That was so upsetting. Jason Kennedy Casting posted on, on their socials saying, hey, SAG actors, if you are about to lose your health insurance, if you're falling in this pool, direct message us. Let us know this is not a guarantee that we're going to cast you, but we are going to make sure in the we're next month or so, we are going to prioritize you guys to make sure you don't lose your health insurance and it was just so refreshing to That's see awesome. such a big casting. It's awful that that had to happen. Where's the union? I, I hear you. I'm sorry. I, I, I know you. that we're the but screen Jason, actors. Jason Kennedy. Thank you. Good I, job. I know that we're the screen actors guild. Um, we're yeah. not technically a union in the strict. No, I mean, we are. No, we're a guild. Yeah. Okay. We don't collectively bargain the way that we're supposed to. That's true. When we strike, it's kind of a joke. Yeah. Th- yeah. This is hitting a point where if we are to be taken seriously as artists, if the people in front of the camera are supposed to be as much... An, uh, I'm getting really upset. I can see that. Um, if the people in front of the camera who are the ones who are actually going to sell your products, who are actually going to sell your, yeah. your film, your yeah. show, if they're supposed to be the product, if they're supposed to be important, why is our union not prioritizing their ability to work and their safety and their ability to work safely the same way that they prioritize producers. Our union is a joke. This is Jason saying he's This has be been running. my TED Talk. <laughs> well, also, you'll run in the future and, and hopefully, fix it. Yeah, hopefully get on a board somewhere. We'll it's, just, it. it's just so but hard. because it, it, it is very frustrating, and it's, it's disheartening. Uh, in a weird kind of like bleakly political way, I understand the disenfranchisement of the people that end up being QAnon. Because I'm like, this system, Whoa. well, because it's like the system clearly doesn't work, so it must be rigged against me. The difference is in the, in the union versus reality. Um, 
this is feeling very rigged against us because the people at the top of the union and the produ- who are in not in bed, maybe actually in bed, but are in the pocket of the people at the top of the producers guild yeah. and the people at the top of the directors guild. And the only people that can fight for the actors now are writers, which is not fair because no, no, writers end up in the production guild. Yeah. And so where they have to look out for themselves. Yeah. I can't I can't expect a writer to force something for my union. That's not their responsibility. It's my no. union's responsibility to collectively bargain on my behalf. I hear you. Awesome. Great. We've made thing we've protected women and men on set and everybody who is in the spectrum in between by making sure that um, sex scenes are much more safe. We've you've changed practices for auditions. These are all valid, very important things and I'm not saying that those aren't. But we have to be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. We have to make sure that our actors can book union projects and work safely. And right now, our union is failing us. Yeah. We're at 5 to 10% production for union production. Non-union production has continued at about maybe a third to half of what it would have been at if it weren't for the pandemic. And that is BS. Yeah, it is. But the non-union, not all of them do COVID screening and COVID testing. And I mean, it's, it's, there is a... No, a lot of them do. A lot of them do now? Yeah, they have to, just because from a liability standpoint. Okay, because they weren't. They weren't at first, but they realize now that like, look, if somebody gets sick and dies on set and you didn't have them sign a liability waiver, you are You're SOL. Screwed. Yeah, yeah. I do like that. And this has been my TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, that's okay. Yeah. No, that's okay. Um, back Golden to Globe nominations, Golden Globe please. nominations. Exciting for these so, people. Tina Fey and Amy Poehler are coming back to host. Yes, because I mean, How, what's I've that even going to look them. like? Uh, what, uh, you know the way they did the Emmys, and it was all televised. But there was the host in the space, and I'm sure they'll do something along those lines I with hope, lots of skits and lots of. I hope they're just wearing giant faith shields the whole time. They might do that. We'll, As a we'll, joke. Or we will bubbles. see. They're, oh, um, they should be inside of those big rolling bubbles that people play soccer in. That That'd would be, be so fun. fun. But I love. Amy Poehler and Tina Fey together they're hosting and they did, you know, three years in a row and then they, they had stopped, but I'm so glad they're coming back. So it's on February 28th, which is later. Everything's been pushed. Now the SAG's been pushed. The Oscars have been pushed. Everything's been pushed. Um, but February 28th, I have quite a lot to watch between now and then because <laughs> I am neurotic about that every year. The only year I missed it was the year Lila was born. I didn't watch everything for the Oscars that year, but um, I, th- I think I've seen about half. Some of these are going to be tricky you know usually you look at at nominations and you immediately go oh I think that one's gonna win or I think that one's gonna win or you think this there are a few categories where I'm like I don't know it could go to one of you two so uh best television series musical or comedy Emily in Paris the flight attendant the great Schitt's Creek and Ted Lasso Schitt's Creek will win I think Schitt's Creek is gonna win the flight flight attendant was um best television series drama the crown Lovecraft Country, The Mandalorian, Ozark, and Ratchet. I think it's ridiculous that Queen's Gambit's not nominated. That's, it, that wasn't a television series. That's in there. But that's that's, that's limited, limited. limited series? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but that's a tough category. Yeah. Best actor in a television series drama. Jason Bateman, Ozark, John O'Connor, yeah. The Crown, Bob Odenkirk, Better Call Saul, Matthew Reese, Perry Mason, and Al Pacino, Hunters. <sighs> What was the uh? Oh, was Pacino. that Pacino? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Um, <laughs> I need to dig into that a little. Are you he, not a Pacino 
person? Uh, not anymore. I was mm, definitely really okay. into him. Uh, I mean, I, I think that his w- best work was in the 80s and 90s. Okay. And uh, uh, I think he did a play a few years ago in New York where they had to have cue cards on the side of the stage because he can't oh, retain lines I anymore. Heard about that. It's nothing against people with um, about that. an inability to remember lines. That's fine. Uh, Brando did it toward the end of his life. That's not the issue. It's that there's other actors who are of um, similar caliber, maybe not name recognition, who could do the work, who can remember the lines. Anyway, keep on going. Okay, that's fair. Um, best actress in a television series comedy, Lily Collins, Emily in Paris, Kelly Cuoco, Flight Attendant, Elle Fanning, The Great, Catherine O'Hara, Schitt's Creek, and Jane Levy's Always Extraordinary Playlist. This is a tough category. It will most likely go to Catherine O'Hara because it's her last year to get it. Well, no, it's Um, her last year for Schitt's Creek. She will have other... You're right. I didn't. I didn't specify that. She is still alive. It, yes. No. You're. You're not going anywhere right now. No. Catherine O'Hara with Schitt's Creek. I think Schitt's Creek in general will most likely sweep like they did with the Emmys. They should. Um, because it's their last season to be nominated, and season six was brilliant. But I am thrilled Jane Levy got a nomination because Zoe's extraordinary playlist. If you guys aren't watching, watch. It's so good. Lily Collins was adorable in Emily in Paris. Yeah, I, I didn't no geek out over it the way other people did, but. They're coming back for season two, and I'll watch it. It'll be fun. Kaylee Cuoco, it's the best I've ever seen her, and the flight attendant is great. So I'm excited that's coming back. Um, Elle Fanning the Great, I haven't watched, so I have to watch that. Best Actor in a Television Series Comedy, Don Cheadle, Black Monday, Eugene Levy, Schitt's Creek, Nicholas Holt, The Great, Jason Sudeikis, Ted Lasso, and Rami Yusuf. Rami. Rami or um, Eugene Levy. It will most likely go to Eugene Levy. But I haven't watched Black Monday, and I love Don Cheadle, so I'll have to check that out, too. Best limited series or TV movie? Normal People, The Queen's Gambit, The Undoing, Small Acts, and Unorthodox. This is a hard category. I think Queen's Gambit needs to win just for... Because it was brilliant? No, I'm not. Well, it I, was. I think... I mean, it was, but... Because <laughs> it was 30 years in the making? <sighs> no, it's more just like... Uh, not that the award shows should care about pop culture, but in order to stay relevant, award shows need to understand what the zeitgeist is saying. Okay. And Queen's Gambit made chess come back as a global it phenomenon. It exploded. I'm the watching, online chess. You're watching. I'm watching chess videos. You are. Oh, no, my it, Lord. And it was so good. I did just watch The Undoing, though. Whoa. Um, and unorth- Unorthodox and... I haven't seen Normal People or Small Acts, so I have some catching up to do there, too. Best Actress in a Limited Series or TV Movie, Anya Taylor-Joy, Queen's yeah, Gambit. Yeah, she'll win. Shira Haas, Unorthodox. That's going to be Nicole Kidman, The Undoing. She's brilliant. Kate Blanchett, Mrs. America, and Daisy Edgar-Jones, Normal People. I still need to see Mrs. America and Normal People, but again... Kate Blanchett might actually end up stealing she that. She might. She might, but my, my gut is to say Anya Taylor-Joy, but Shira Haas... Ooh. Best Actor in a Limited Series or TV Movie, Brian Cranston, Your Honor, Jeff Daniels, The Comedy Rule, Ethan Hawke, The Good Lord Bird, Hugh Grant, The Undoing, and Mark Ruffalo, I Know This Much Is True. Mark I Ruffalo. I haven't seen it. He, playing his, he plays two brothers. He plays, two, he plays himself twice, but, yeah, it, pretty, but different, yes. Pretty amazing. Um, Hugh Grant is pretty shocking in The Undoing. He's great. Best Supporting Actress in a Series, Limited, or TV Movie, Gillian Anderson, The Crown. She'll always be my scully. <laughs> I mean, I know you don't want to be typed in a role forever. She will always be my scully. Helena Bonham Carter, The Crown. Julia Garner, Ozark. She's really become kind of like the breakout. She's she's so good. She's the best thing on that she's show. She's so good. Annie Murphy, Schitt's Creek, and Cynthia Nixon, Ratchet. Aunt, 
Annie Murphy. I think it's going to go to Annie Murphy. Annie Murphy. I mean, she was just so, so good. Best Supporting Actor in a Series, Limited Series, or TV Movie, John Boyega, Small Axe, Brandon Gleason, The Comedy Role, Dan Levy, Schitt's Creek, Jim Parsons, Hollywood. He was excellent in that. Donald Sutherland, The Undoing. He's brilliant in The Undoing. Um, it will most likely go to Dan Levy. And rightfully so. But um, Donald Sutherland. <laughs> I don't know. So that'll be tricky. Best Motion Picture Drama. I'm so behind on this. Nomadland. Uh, Mank, The Father, Promising Young Woman, which I'm hearing amazing things about, and The Trial of Chicago 7. I have not seen any of them. I think this is the first time a nominations list has come out and I haven't seen a single movie on the list. Uh, the Chicago 7. <laughs> so I started watching it because um, Sasha, Sasha Baron Cohen's in it. So I was like, oh, I love Sasha Baron Cohen. I wonder what this comedy is about. It oh, it's not, it's not a, a comedy. comedy. <laughs> so I stopped watching it. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's very, very I'm funny. I'm kind of embarrassed, actually. That's hysterical. Of that. <laughs> Well, funny you say, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. Best motion picture, musical, or comedy? Borat. Borat. Sequel film. Subsequent movie film. Subsequent movie film. <laughs> I love that that's the name. Hamilton. I guess it was released on Disney Plus in this last window? It was. It feels like so long ago, but I guess it yeah. happened over the summer. It did. So, yeah. But it made me go, what? Yeah, it's musical. It is. Uh, music, Palm Springs, and The Prom. I want to watch... Uh, I heard the prom was interesting. I heard it's fun. I've seen the first like 12 minutes. I want to watch Palm Springs because it's Groundhog's Day in Palm Springs. Oh, that's that one. Yeah, Andy Samberg. Yeah. And a whole bunch of other people. We'll watch it. We have a lot to watch. We'll watch it. And we have time because... In, in, in all of our free time. Yeah. Best director, motion picture. Well, we don't have to do... So director, screenplay, we can skip these if you want. Best actor in a motion picture. Um, Riz Ahmed, Sound of Metal. Chadwick Boseman. Uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which I've heard is unreal. I mean, I just the play's seen amazing. And Viola Davis. I've heard the two of them are just like, holy cow. Anthony Hopkins, The Father, Gary Ullman Mank, and Tahar Rahman. I, I actually don't even know that one. And I didn't mean to just skip screenplay and best director. I just know Jason needs to get out to an appointment. Those are very important categories. No disrespect. Best actor in a motion picture, or best uh, actress in a motion picture, musical, or comedy. He is covering his eyes. Everyone go check out the Golden Globe nominations on E, on e News or anywhere on there. No, it was more just like <laughs> you're explaining why we have to go fast takes you more time than continuing to read. Just read. Okay. Go. Maria Bakalov, Borat, subsequent movie film. Kate Hudson, music. Michelle Pfeiffer, French Exit, Rosamund Pike, I Care A Lot, and Anya Taylor-Joy. Emma, she's nominated twice. Mm-hmm. She is having a moment. Yeah. And rightfully so. She's fabulous. Best actor in a motion picture, musical, or comedy, Sasha Baron Cohen. Borat, subsequent movie, James Corden, The Prom, Lin-Manuel Miranda, Hamilton, Andy Samberg, Palm Springs, and Dev Patel, The Personal History of David Copperfield. So, all right. Can, can Lin-Manuel Miranda, Lin-Manuel Miranda, EGOT for Hamilton, the one show? You know? He's got a shot. He's got a shot. He didn't get the Emmy nomination, the but he could be shot. he could be nominated this next time for an he Emmy. He could. He could. So there's a chance he can EGOT that for one would project. Be incredible if he became an EGOT for Hamilton. Yeah. Well, and then when I would they, not be against that when they make the film. I would not be against that when they make the film. He'll be up for um, everything. <laughs> yeah, they will. Random side note: They finally announced the Wicked 
movie and who's directing. Oh, cool. Who's yeah. directing? I'm, I see his face, but I'm blinking. Cool. But That's I just, fine. But I just saw that, and it's actually happening. Best Supporting Actor in a Motion Picture, Sasha Baron Cohen, The Trial of Chicago 7. <laughs> so it's very funny that you're... Um, Daniel Kaluuya, The Judas and the Black Messiah, Jared Leto, The Little Things, Bill Murray, On the Rocks, and Leslie Odom Jr., One Night in Miami. Um, I have a lot to th- say about One Night in Miami, but I will say that for another podcast. Oh, okay. I haven't seen it yet. Um, I've seen a lot of it and not the movie. We got the script. We got the script at our studio Ooh. when they were still casting. And a lot of the actors from Anthony Gilardi Acting Studio got an opportunity to put themselves on tape for that film. Whoa. And I'll talk about it we'll later. have to talk about that on another one. Best Supporting Actress in a Motion Picture, Glenn Coase, Hillbilly Elegy, Olivia Coleman, The Father, Jodie Foster, uh, the Amanda Seyfried, Mank, and Helena Zangle, News of the World. I don't know News of the World. News of the World is that Tom Hanks movie where it's like kind of Old Westy. Oh. Yeah. I don't know Mank either. Neither do I. Okay. We have a lot to watch. Yeah. And then there's song, best animated feature, The Croods 2, Onward, Over the Moon, Soul, and Wolfwalkers. Wait, The Croods 2 is nominated for feature film? For animated feature. Oh, I thought you... For animated feature. <laughs> I didn't hear you say the animated. <laughs> I just heard feature. I was the like, Croods 2, that's Onward, Over the Moon, Soul, and Wolfwalkers. <laughs> And then and then score. So check it out. I'm excited. I was really worried about the state <laughs> of the industry for a <laughs> you second. You were like, hold the phone. Croods 2 is nominated for a feature. A movie in which I think Nick Cage animated. lends his vocal talent. He does, as is Emma Stone. She comes back for her That's her fine. Emma Stone, not Nick Cage. <laughs> Although we've been watching. The history of swear words. Which has been fun. We, we watched the first three. No, I watched all of them except oh, for you one. Did? You fell asleep. Because oh. it was that entertaining that you fell asleep on the couch. Well, I was just exhausted. I must have been. How was it? Generally funny. The two I saw were pretty funny. Nick Cage being the most Nick Cage version of Nick Cage is hilarious. And he owned it. He leaned into it. Like, he knows. He, he knows. knows. He knows how much of a caricature he is. Yes. And then he even made fun of that. Yes, he did. Which and you got to respect. That you have to respect yeah, so much. Considering how accomplished his career is, the fact that he takes himself that with that little severity and seriousness is very impressive. Did you ever see Peggy Sue Got Married? No. I love that movie. I haven't watched that in a long time. It's one of my parents' favorites. I can see ours. We're going to end up watching that after we finish Bridgerton. At some point, yes. Oh, yes. That has been fun. So I watched Bridgerton on my I'm own. I'm still so mad at you. <laughs> so my mom was like, let's watch it. And my dad sat down and Jason sat down. And both the guys during the first episode were kind of like, eh. Couldn't figure it. Couldn't tell what they were thinking. And then on the next night, dad comes home. He goes, so popcorn in episode two. I was like, you guys are hooked. And then last night's episode, Jason like jumped up on the couch. Okay. So here's the thing is I had absolutely no interest in watching Bridgerton. I, out of the two of us, I'm the only one on TikTok. And Amelia asked, hey, have you seen this TikTok <laughs> trend of people? The Bridgerton TikTok musical Somebody that's happening. Somebody made a musical. Of- it started with just the one song. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let me talk for a second. Okay. Go ahead. She started with whatever number of songs. I don't care about that. It's incredibly catchy. And the problem is, for me, is when a situation gets heightened, for those of you that have done musical theater, you understand that when a situation gets past words, and at, you end up singing. And when you can no longer have spoken word or sung word, you just dance. You're in such a heightened state, and you have to sing, now you have to dance. Now, the problem is, is when they're in those heightened states <laughs> on this TV show that is not, in fact, a musical, all I want to do is to hear them sing... And this now you call the they won't sing because it's not a musical. It is not. So I'm just angry about it. But you enjoyed last night. Uh, you were into it. 
Yes, but I want them to sing, and they're not gonna. I un- no, they are not. And that's infinitely I, I disappointing. Do and I am mad that. at you about it. But I will. People are. I'm gonna hold on to this until Lila's with, twenty. That, that's fair. Why twenty? Seemed like a good number. Oh, okay. <laughs> reason for 20 people are obsessed with Bridgerton I'm not obsessed the way other people are but I really really liked it and I'm liking it even more the second time and I'm loving watching you guys watch it and it's nice that we're kind of sharing it every night you know Jason's done with work I finish up my rehearsal dad gets home from work and we sit down and watch an episode it's 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 very nice yes yes well I love you I know you got to get going to this meeting good luck with the meeting thanks I'm proud of you oh thank you I love you love you too yay art Woo-hoo. yay golden globes uh-huh. yay life uh-huh. yay snow yay snow What's well, snowing? It makes I hope me everyone's happy. Hap- I hope everyone is able to stay safe and warm and nobody's lost power and everyone has access to food. Because that is, a, like, you know. I totally understand why you would say that. Yeah. You just took my joy of the snow and went whop. But I totally and completely understand why you said that. I'm just, I think one of the things that's really important for us to remember going forward in this new administration and in this new world is there still is great great disparity in this country yes, between the is. haves and the yes, haves nots. And if it weren't for your family's incredible generosity, we would be the have nots. <sighs> and it's true. to be on the precipice, it is so important to regularly remember people, um, to remind people that, you know, petition your representatives, whether they be in local or federal government, to take care of you, to take care of us as a nation, to raise up communities that have been downtrodden because now is the time for change. Um, thank you for this. Has been my TED talk. This is why Jason needs to be in politics and will one day be the first Jewish president of the United States. Yeah, uh, there will never be a Jewish president. You will be the first Jewish president, there and will I will be the first Jewish first, first lady because mm. it's already a Jewish second gentleman. Ha 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 ha. There ha. is. Ba, 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 ba. Progress. He's married to an incredibly accomplished woman. I know. She's a rock star. No. Our vice president is a rock star, ladies and gentlemen. Cool. There, I said it. Well, I love you. Love you too. <laughs> and thank you all for tuning in. Like you say. I'm Amelia Myers. I'm Jason Rosenwald. And, and this, this has, has been, been Married to Hollywood. Hollywood. Talk to you later. Love you. Bye. Bye. Black lives matter. Love is love. Love is love is love. Stay home, stay safe, stay warm. And I hope the Chiefs win because Tom Brady doesn't need another The Super ring. Bowl is this weekend. Have oh. fun, everybody. TB12. Bye. Bye. <laughs>